On today's show, Rick Carlisle and the Dallas Mavericks went through a messy breakup. Tim McMahon wrote the full expose on that. We'll talk about what it means for Rick Carlisle, what it means for Jason Kidd's approach, and how Luka Doncic responded to it. We'll also talk about the news around Luka Doncic's injury, as well as uh, the last two-minute report that comes out for Mavs Lakers. You're going to want to hear this. Talk about that on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavs Podcast. positive world we'll take the positive he was plus two and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick engstead media member and nba channel coordinator for the locked on podcast network this episode is brought to you by truebill truebill is the new app that helps you save money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want need and can even help you negotiate better deals for those you want to keep. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe. We're slowly getting ourselves to over 9,000. Also, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question. We will answer that question like I'm going to at the end of today's podcast from a listener. So go ahead and leave that review. Speaking of reviews, guys... I'm as of recording this, I have seen Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm not giving any spoilers, not saying anything. Avoid spoilers at all costs. It's worth it. Completely worth it. Incredible, incredible movie. Go see it. Avoid the spoilers at all costs. All right. Let's get into today's show. So Tim McMahon wrote the article about Rick Carlisle's exit from you know the Dallas Mavericks. He mentioned that the Mavericks were playing the Pacers, and so some people were like, "Well, why did this? Why did this article come out?" Well, the Mavs were about to play the Pacers, but Rick Carlisle wasn't at that game, didn't attend that game because he tested positive for COVID. So that's the timing. Some of it. Some people were asking that question: "What about the timing?" You can sort of put two and two together when you read the article. He mentions um, Rick Carlisle in there and about you know the Mavericks were going to play, but he wasn't able to uh, be there because he tested positive for COVID. But in this article, he talks about. The, the Mavericks, it calls it a divorce, the, the Rick Carlisle divorce, 13-year relationship between the Mavericks and Rick Carlisle. And I want to go through a couple of things. I want to go through things that we learned from this article that we maybe didn't know before. I want to go through what Rick Carlisle's method was. What, what was he trying to do? Because Rick doesn't not come off very good in this article. He does not come off good at all in this. And so then I want to talk about how kids' approach to the job right now has been very different and what he's trying to do that Rick Carla did not and how could that work? And then a couple more things about Luca's response, Tim Hardaway or Dennis, Tim Hardaway Jr. Dennis Smith Jr.'s involvement in this, because I think a lot of people now have point of, have painted Dennis Smith Jr. as, Oh, he's, he's the victim. He was treated badly by Carlisle. And so blah, blah, blah. It, it excuses a lot of the stuff. And so I want to get into that just a little bit because I don't think he, I don't think he skates off of some of the things that he did in Dallas either, but couple of the things we learned that I found really interesting. So the article comes out over the offseason about Bob Volgaris. We've been talking about Haralba a lot, right? In the article, Tim McMahon says, Carlisle relied heavily on Volgaris' data, but always had final say, team sources say. That's something that we learned. We did not know that Carlisle always had final say on decisions. We thought that there was times when Volgaris would dictate lineups to him. I thought that was very interesting. 
Another thing, Carlisle had intended to travel to Doncic's native country several days later in June this offseason to observe Slovenian national team's camp and spend time with the Mavs star. Those plans, however, were canceled at Doncic's request. And then shortly after that, Carlisle had two seasons left on his contract. He breached the subject of an extension with Cuban about the, uh, after that. And Cuban shot down the idea of an extension. And then that's when Carlisle decided to, to leave the Dallas Mavericks. So basically... Superstar doesn't want me to hang around. He doesn't want me to come. And there are reasons why. We'll get into those. And then he goes to Cuban and says, hey, how am I doing with my job? How about an extension? And Cuban says, how about we wait these two years and see how you do? And then Carlisle says, no, I'm out. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, and then after that, less than three weeks after Carlisle's departure, the Mavs hired Jason Kidd, who was the only candidate seriously considered. I think this is something we probably knew, and I think everyone probably can assume this based on all the reports and everything. That we knew that Jamal Mosley was not seriously considered, but that they didn't consider anyone else really, not seriously considered anyone else, was very interesting to me. Kid was the number one option for this job, the number one choice for this job by everybody involved in the decision making, and I found that interesting. But all right, let's get to Rick Carlisle's method. And what he was trying to do and why he comes off so bad in this article. So a couple of things that, that came out in this. Rick Carlisle apparently was determined to make Dennis Smith Jr. miserable during their brief time as teammates. And that was appalling to Luka Doncic, according to several former players and staffers, which they told ESPN. Carlisle accused Dennis Smith Jr. of being jealous of Doncic, sources say. And then um, and then there's a couple times when, you know, in in actual practices and things he would he would push the envelope things like that it's just it was it's interesting to have it put out in that light because those are some practical tangible things now that we know that Rick Carlisle did we know we've heard from people before well Rick doesn't treat people well okay what does that mean all right he accused Dennis Smith Jr. of being jealous of Luka Doncic was that probably true sure who wouldn't be, right? You're the, you're the guy for a year, Dennis Smith Jr.'s rookie year. He was like the only hope for the Dallas Mavericks. And then all of a sudden in comes Luka, who is the hope of of all. Like it's the Christmas season. So the hope of Christmas, he feels like sometimes. But of course he would be jealous of it. But to point it out and to, to make a big deal out of it is pretty, it's like pretty dastardly, right? To try and push something. And also in all of this, the Mavericks themselves knew that Luca and Dennis pretty quickly on were not going to be a great fit on the basketball court. And then Dennis's ability to play in the, in the league, Dennis's viability as a starter was really questioned early on from Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle knew pretty early on that, that Dennis wasn't necessarily a starting guard. They even mentioned in the article that Carlisle would rep, wanted Donovan Mitchell at draft time. So in all that Carlisle pushes this, and then it doesn't work out. Dennis Smith Jr. gets traded for Christoph Porzingis. Christoph Porzingis comes in. And then there's a couple things in this article about how Rick Carlisle, um, Rick Carlisle got, you know, jealous of, of Mosley, which is actually very interesting and ironic considering what he said about Dennis Smith Jr. because Rick Carlisle was jealous of Mosley's relationship with Luka Doncic. Um, but Rick Carlisle did not have a great relationship with, first, Luka Doncic because of the way he treated people like Dennis. It says later in the article that, you know, it wasn't the way, it wasn't Rick's methods. It was about, um, you know, it wasn't really about how Rick treated Luca. Luca hated how Rick treated other people. So that's kind of where he lost Luca. He starts to lose Luca. Then he starts losing Porzingis because of the way he's using him. And you can talk about whether that's fair or not. Should 
KP have been stuck in the corner. The way he's playing at some games this year, you're like, well, that seems ridiculous. But the way he was playing last year, I'm not sure Carlisle was so wrong in that. I'm not sure that Carlisle was at fault for the way he used Kristaps Porzingis, the way that Kristaps Porzingis was playing last season. But all in all, Kristaps Porzingis was upset by that. So Carlisle loses Porzingis then too. So then when Luka and KP's relationship starts to get a little rocky, in the article it says, sources noted that Carlisle wasn't positioned to manage the relationship between Luka and KP because he had poor relationships with both. So you got a head coach who has poor relationships with both of the star players on the team, the two best players on the team. Uh, that's a that's a guy that um, is, is not long for that job. That is not going to be in that position for, for much longer. So then you look, okay, this is Rick Carlisle's method. He 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 knows what he wants, and he's going for it. And he's going to get there no matter what. He's he knows what he wants on the court. He doesn't it doesn't matter what he says to players, and he's gonna get it, right? Whatever he says to, to Densmith Jr., he had a goal in mind. Go into the meeting with the goal in mind. That was a, a lesson that uh, my boss, David Locke, told me about about management, about leadership, is go into a meeting having a goal and get that goal done. That's what you, that's all you need to do in that. And you can have a couple goals in a meeting, but have a goal, get it done. Seems really obvious, but I think Rick Carlisle takes this to prop, possibly an extreme, right? The results over the journey, where now we look at Kidd's approach to the job, and I want to get into this. It seems more about the journey for Jason Kidd. Now, is there a method to the journey? I'm not sure about that yet, but we'll talk about that. We'll get into Jason Kidd, how he's different from Rick Carlisle, and then we'll get into Dennis Smith Jr.'s involvement in all this. Why is he becoming now this sympathetic figure for all Mavs fans? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about something that can help you. There's a method to the madness of Truebill. You can go ahead and cancel a lot of your subscriptions that you have that you forgot about with Truebill. Companies make it hard for you to cancel their subscriptions. Uh, it's, it's very hard to cancel a cable bill. I have tried at times. You have to like physically call some cable companies to cancel your subscription. Truebill can help you with that. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link all your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And you're like, oh, how can they possibly do that? Truebill has a concierge. They're there for you and when you need to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you do not have to. Don't fall for subscription scans, scams, start canceling today at truebill.com slash lockdownmba. Go to truebill.com slash lockdownmba, and it can save you thousands of, of th- thousands of dollars a year, which we all desperately need around Christmas. Truebill.com slash lockdownmba. All right. We've been talking about the ESPN article from Tim McMahon about Rick Carlisle, about Jason Kidd, about the... the Transition between the two about Luka Doncic, Dennis Smith Jr., all that kind of stuff. Um, Jason Kidd's approach now, which I touched on a little bit yesterday, but I really wanted to dive into it, is Jason Kidd is doing the opposite of what Rick Carlisle did in a lot of ways. And he was brought in to do that thing. He's a player's coach. Rick Carlisle was a player in the NBA, but has morphed and become not a player's coach at all (laughs) in, in the NBA. You can ask anybody mentioned in this article, I think. Uh, You can ask Dennis Smith Jr. who tweeted that, and I'll mention that a little bit later. Not a player's coach. Jason Kidd is a player's coach. That's what everybody says. LeBron likes him. Reggie Bullock came out and said that he's a player's coach. Uh, He's, you know, Damian Lillard apparently wanted him to be his coach. There's all kinds of of mentions and, and, and proof that he is a player's coach. Jason Kidd comes in and starts the leadership council for the Mavericks. Can you imagine? A longtime Mavs fans that are listening right now. Can you guys imagine Rick Carlisle having a leadership council? 
no, <laughs> I cannot imagine that. But Jason Kidd starts this. It's Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, the three best players on the team. You can you can argue Brunson is probably in there as well. But the three best players that, that Jason Kidd thinks, apparently. And those are the players that decide everyone should play on the home opener against the Houston Rockets. So every single player, all 15 of them, appear in that game. They make that decision. Jason Kidd has also been very positive publicly. This is one of my favorite favorite new drops that uh, Jonathan Charks and I were joking about today. This is a positive world. This is a positive world. <laughs> Jason Kidd loves his positivity. He talks positively. He says positive things about all the players on the team. Except for one. And it's not that he doesn't say positive things about this person, but Jason Kidd has been critical of Luka publicly. Now, this is one situation where Rick Carlisle's approach and Jason Kidd's approach have been completely what, the opposite of what you would think. Rick Carlisle was incredibly complimentary of Luka Doncic all the time to the media. Rick Carlisle was very tactical in the way that he talked to the media. Uh, Isaac and I have... Uh, to kind of shake that with Jason Kidd now because he is not as tactical in the media. So we try to analyze all the little things that Kidd says and we're like, this doesn't, this doesn't, you know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing here as compared to what Rick Carlisle would do because he would do it on purpose. I don't think Jason Kidd cares about that, which is what it is. But Jason Kidd has been critical of Luka Doncic publicly. His conditioning, he's been critical of his yelling at the refs. He's been critical of his ability to get other players involved. He's talked about things like that publicly. And you have to imagine that he's doing that privately as well. Now, we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure what Rick Carlisle was doing privately as well. But we knew that he was trying to force Luka Doncic to do some things he didn't want to do. So, but the approach, I think, is different. Jason Kidd, very positive about everybody on the team. Critical of Luka. He's 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 given positives to Luca as well. I'm not saying that he's only critical of Luca and nothing else, but he has also been critical of Luca. So that's the difference between the two. And I find it very interesting. Jason Kidd is, this is a positive world. He is really trying to get that persona. He's really trying to buck the persona that he had himself. He's trying to, you know, slay those demons. He's trying to slay the demons of, of what Rick Carlisle left behind as well. So, um, and Dennis Smith Jr., was mentioned in the article. We talked about him a little bit. He tweeted that um, this article about my time there is spot on. And that's coming from staff members and players. Y'all don't even know the half. It wasn't just players. It was staff members too. It was it, people in the media. We, I mean, we're a little bit... We're a little bit jaded because of the way that Rick Carlisle treated the media. He would try to he would try to push back and in a mean-spirited way, try to uh, shut you up and try to... Um, shut you down and tried to make you shut up basically. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other things as well with Rick Carlisle. It wasn't just with, with the players, which tends to be the case, you know, same exact thing was said about urban Meyer recently. I'm not sure if comparing Rick Carlisle and urban Meyer at this point in time is, is appropriate, but he, that's where we are. Interesting thing is that Justin Anderson, Simba, former Mavericks uh, young player draft pick tweeted something very different that I find interesting. Simba tweeted, y'all didn't ask, but I'm not going for any Rick Carlisle slander. Basketball savant that only cares about winning. Okay, nobody said anything about nobody said anything about that, right? Nobody's questioning Rick Carlisle's basketball savantness or that he only cares about winning. It's actually that he only cared about winning caused all the things we talked about at the beginning of this episode. All the his Rick Carlisle's method. 
because he only cared about winning. Didn't care about the journey. Jason Kidd seems to care about the journey. Now, sometimes the journey is we're going to perform a voodoo ceremony from Major League, and that's how well, that's what's going to fix our three-point percentage. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that at this point. But here we are. Both have their downfalls, but both have very different approaches. But Justin Anderson comes out, you know, very positive towards Rick Carlisle. Somebody asked him later on Twitter, asked Justin Anderson if he thought he was underplayed as a rookie. That was one of the big things. Justin Anderson was Josh Green before Josh Green was Josh Green or before Moses Brown was Moses Brown, a young player on the team that all Mavs fans wanted to play a lot and thought wasn't getting enough play. Rick Carlisle hates rookies. Rick Carlisle won't play him. Justin Anderson responded like this. I was a rookie. I had to learn from the guys ahead of me, but it helped when I got traded to Philly and was then able to play good basketball and good minutes to contribute to winning. Rick Carlisle's teaching had a lot to do with that. Gives him credit. Wasn't all bad with Rick Carlisle. He gave him a lot of tools. He gave, he gave players tools, right? He gave them the ability to, to win. Now, if it was may not have been their, cho- their choosing, it may not have been the way that they wanted it to be, uh, but led the Mavericks to a championship, led them to a lot of winning seasons. Dennis Smith Jr.'s involvement is very interesting because now we have a player coming out and saying Rick Carlisle was, um, you know, I'm not here for Rick Carlisle slander and Justin Anderson, but Dennis Jr. seems to be here for the Rick Carlisle slander. He said, this article about my time is spot on. That's coming from staff members and players. Y'all don't even know the half. That's what Dennis Smith Jr. said on Twitter. Dennis Smith Jr. has now become like this sympathetic figure, a victim type up from Mav, in you know among Mavs fans that I've seen. Well, this is, this is Dennis Smith Jr. He got treated badly by the Mavericks. Yes. That's true. He did get treated badly by the Mavericks and by Rick Carlisle. He was positioned and poised to be the next guy for the Mavericks. Top 10 pick, first top 10 pick since Dirk, I believe. Yes, I think that's true. The first top 10 pick from the Mavericks since Dirk. And so the Mavericks made him their starting point guard. He played a lot of games. He put up some numbers. I think a lot of us could see early on that he was not like the future for the Mavericks. He was the future, but he was <laughs> he should not have been the future at that point. Uh, And we've seen how his his career has gone since then. Now, can he be an NBA player? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying that. What we forget about Dennis Smith Jr. is that the Mavs thought that the Luka-Dennis Smith Jr. combination wouldn't work. And they were right. Rick Carlisle was right about that. He was right very quickly about that. And the Mavericks had to make a decision. And don't forget, it was Dennis Smith Jr.'s idea to do the whole back injury, I'm sick, all that kind of stuff. I remember at the time, I remember that for Lockdown Mavs, I would write our episode descriptions (laughs) and the first couple words of the episode description, and I'm scrolling through right now vigorously trying to go years and years back. It's wild to look at all the episodes we've had, but I remember our episode descriptions would be something along the lines of Dennis Smith Jr. trade watch day number 30. Dennis Smith Jr. trade watch day number whatever. And we would just go down the line. And we ha- we did this for, I think, like 30 days or something like that. It was it was eventually just a bit that we would do um, that we just kept going on and doing. But uh, but it was something that we knew that Dennis Smith Jr. wanted out of there. Now, did he want out because of, of Rick Carlisle? Yes, for sure. That's definitely why. Uh, but... He's the one that wanted out. He could have just played it. He could have just played it straight and said, all right, I'm just going to stay here. I know I'm getting treated not fairly, but I'm going to just continue to um, to just play and be here and hang out. And, you know, I'll get traded whenever I get traded. 
But that's not what happened. Dennis Jr. forced his way out. And so was he treated unfairly? Yes. But was he completely faultless in that the divorce, quote unquote, of Dennis Jr. and the Mavericks? No, I don't think so. He did kind of the same thing that Harden did, just on a lower level. Kind of the same things that Simmons did, that Simmons is doing right now, just on a lower level, on on a lesser level. But he did that. All right, coming up. Let's get into some news of the day about Luka Doncic, the last two-minute report from the Mavs and the Lakers, and then my five-star mailbag question I got for you guys. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. You get them both. That's what you love in these bars. Ooh, Ruby Chocolate Puffs back. You can go get those right now. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, 9 grams of sugar in a bar that's delicious. It's pretty good for you. You can check it out. They have a bunch of other flavors. Caramel Macchiato, Eggnog, Coconut Brownie Chunk that is the best. I don't have a wrapper right here, but I eat them all the time, and they are so great. So go check it out, Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order at Built.com. Again, LOCKED15, promo code Locked 15, get 15% off at built.com. Also, want to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. You can go there right now and bet on the NFL action this weekend, NBA action. You can maybe bet on the Dallas Ma- the Dallas Mavericks right now, but I would expect them to not have Mavs games because of Luka's injury. You can bet on Warriors versus Celtics. Warriors a three and a half point favorite. Jazz an 11 and a half point favorite at home against the Spurs. I think I may take I think I may take the 11 and a half points uh, <laughs> for the Jazz because that that Jazz team is is rolling right now. I think I would take that 11 and a half from them. You can go ahead and put some money down. Use the promo code Locked On. Get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. This is a positive world. <laughs> That's my bumper music today. I'm just leave, I'm gonna leave that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That is Rick Carlisle, or that is a Jason Kidd. It's a positive world. We're just living in it. He was plus two. Perfect. Last thing's here. Luka Doncic will not play for the Dallas Mavericks at the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday. He also did not travel with the team. He's staying back in Dallas to rehab. He's now missed four games in a row with this Minnesota game coming up on Sunday. Ten whole straight days. So this is actually an incredible stretch for Luka to get some time to rest, to rehab, to rehabilitate, and hopefully we won't have these multiple Luka injuries over the course of a couple of of weeks here. He missed three games back in mid-November, those two Phoenix games and the Clippers game. Then he missed that game against Memphis. Now he's missed these four games. So hopefully this time off, this 10 whole days he's he's had to rehab and stay in Dallas and, and work on that will help him to, first of all, get healthy, the ankle, and also possibly get in shape as well. I could see them them using this as a, as a reason to do that. Luka has missed now eight of 29 games, seven games the Mavericks have played so far. The Mavs are two and five in those games, and now it's, that's starting to add up, right? That's starting to become a reason why the Mavericks are where they are in the standings. You just can't get around it. I know we're all upset about you know where the Mavericks are. I think they should be better and all that, but Luka misses eight games, and the Mavericks are where they are. All right, quickly, I know you guys hate this. But I have to say it because it has to be said. The last two-minute report for the Mavericks did not come off very good for the refs. Fourth quarter, 19 seconds left. The Mavericks are up by three, 93 to 90. 19 seconds left. Brunson did that scoop layup. I remember talking about it a couple times on the show and then on Locked on NBA as well. 
It would have put the Mavericks up five. Westbrook fouled him, and the no no call was was made. And on the last two minute report, it says that it was an incorrect call. So they should have called a foul on Russell Westbrook. Brunson would have gotten two free throws. He makes both those free throws. Let's say the Mavericks would have gone up five with 19 seconds left. Yikes. That would have changed the game. Okay, another one. 11 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So this is the very next play. LeBron should have been called for a travel, according to the last two-minute report. It's very subtle if you go back and watch it. He pulls up for a three, and he actually misses this three. Uh, But it would have just come back to the Mavericks. He pivots, and then he picks up the pivot. But the pivot is so slight, it's very hard to catch in real time. So I almost don't mind that one because it's just so hard to catch in real time. And he doesn't really make a move off of it. He just kind of pivots, and then he takes a really long three and misses it. Uh, Although Tim McMahon reported that after... um, Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll I'll talk about that one after this one. So um, overtime, five seconds left in the game. Mavs tied 104-104. This is Russell Westbrook. Should have been called for a travel on his assist to to uh, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves hits game-winning three. Russell Westbrook traveled in the corner. We couldn't see his feet because of the, the crowd standing up there, but he should have been called for a travel. Tim McMahon, after the game, reported that as the Lakers mobbed Austin Reeves and celebrated, Mark Cuban walked by the referees while mimicking a traveling call with his hands. Not dancing, doing the traveling call. And, uh, yeah, there was so many Westbrook travels in that, in that game that did not get called. So there's a LeBron one and a Westbrook one that would have resulted in the Mavericks getting the ball back and possibly even winning this game. Um, the last one was um, one that I actually didn't agree with. Tim Hardaway Jr. did not foul Austin Reeves on the final shot. They said it was marginal contact and that you know it, it was the correct no call. That one to me, I'm like, okay, well, he did hit his hand. I think if it was on the Mavericks end, we would be arguing that, hey, he fouled him. He hit his hand. He he was the one that that hit him. But, hey, I don't know. All right, a newsy thing. Mark Stein in his newsletter in his uh, Spotify green room had this to report, and it was on Hoops Hype, so everybody can see it now. Uh, Mark Stein said, based on my information, I don't think the Mavericks are pursuing Joseph Nurkic, the Portland Trailblazer center, at all. I think they want a big with more foot speed than what Nurkic can provide. We don't really know what Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison want in uh, players. So I found this very interesting that they don't want a big plotting center. So I don't expect the Steven Adams, the Jonas Valanciunas the guys like that to be coming through because apparently the Mavericks want a big with more foot speed. Now, I hope personally that if one of those guys I just mentioned does become available, that they go after him anyway, just because they want, they need to get talent. They just need to go get a better center at this point. So if Nurkic is available, they should go after him. They have their, okay, our number one priority is to get a big with foot speed as far as, you know, a center. Okay, can't get that, but we can get somebody else. Hopefully they'll do that. But that's what we have, that's what we know so far. They're not going after Nurkic because they want a big with more foot speed. Interesting stuff from Mark Stein. Last thing here, five-star Apple Podcast mailbag review question. Great stuff. Always send in your five-star Apple Podcast reviews and put a question in it. We will answer it. This one is from Danny719. Shout out to Danny. He said, love the cast, guys. I never heard somebody call it a cast. That's like when when uh, Tom Haverstrow in Parks and Rec said, I call them the deets and the tails. The details. The deets and the tails. We call it a pod. He calls it a cast. Question. The games we struggle in, a lot of times we see a lack of hustle from our team. Do you think this falls on Luca? 
He isn't the energetic dive for loose balls, run back type of guy. I think the hustle thing is is kind of something is something very interesting. Uh, Jonathan Charks from The Ringer and I were talking about it today at lunch. The Mavericks team has been with each other for a while, and they don't have a lot of young guys. When you see Josh Green go out on the floor, it stands out. <laughs> his athleticism, his speed, it stands out because a lot of the guys the Mavericks play are Luka, Brunson types that are not, they don't rely on their athleticism. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Bullock, Dwight Powell types that have been vets and been in the NBA a long time. And so they're not, you know, all the time dive and energetic and dive for loose balls and things like that. The Mavericks will dive for loose balls. I think that this is an interesting question. I think he's, he's ma- ma- mainly just saying that, that he doesn't see it. That Danny says he doesn't see it from the Mavericks. I don't think it's all on Luca, but the lack of hustle from the team does stem from something Jason Kidd has been saying a lot. That when the Mavericks miss shots, that they go down the other end and they hang their heads and they get they get discouraged. And so I think that is the energy that you're not seeing, Danny. And so does it come from Luca? No. But does the does some of it come from Luca? Absolutely. I think some of it does with. Missing threes, and then also the ref stuff. Luca gets so in his head about the refs and all that, and I think that affects it as well. So there you go. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get to 1,000. I think we're like 400 off or something like that, but let's get there. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. We will be back with you covering the Minnesota Timberwolves game Sunday night. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Peace out.